Welcome to the LYC Podcast. We are a youth community that believes in loving people and meeting them where they are. Our desire is that through this message, God's love for you is confirmed, your hope in Jesus is renewed, and your faith is awakened. Hey, if you got a Bible, go with me to the book of Ephesians. Someone say Ephesians. Hey, uh, and while, while you're turning there, uh, if you don't have a Bible, uh, no biggie. However, I will encourage you, uh, get a Bible and bring your Bible to church. Uh, but if you don't have one, no, no, no biggie. All the words will be on the screen. Uh, while you're turning there, though, uh, let me double down on that announcement. And let me say a couple things about summer camp. Um, First of all, uh, we do not control the price for summer camp. Uh, We were a part of a summer camp that's got tons of different churches that go. I think we have like 12 different churches that are going to be a part of the summer camp this year. Uh, We don't control the price. However, um, as a church, someone say church. Church. Uh, That was super weak. Someone say church. Okay, so as a church, uh, we really are committed to every single person being able to have the opportunity to go to, go to summer camp to the point uh, that we really are putting our money where our mouth is. And so whatever, someone say whatever, whatever you can afford, um, then, then that's awesome. And we, we are committed to make up the difference. And so if you're like, bro, like I literally can only afford this much money, um, like not a big deal. We want to make it possible for you to be a part of summer camp. Uh, Caleb said it, but we don't go to camp uh, because camp is necessarily, you know, like the greatest, funnest thing ever, although it's, it's a lot of fun. We go to camp because camp really is a time that we're intentionally going somewhere to say, God, I'm, I'm, I'm getting away from my everyday life and I'm going somewhere with the intentional purpose of saying, I want to hear your voice. I want to have an encounter with you. Um, I personally can say uh, I've had so many moments at summer camp that have literally marked my life and changed my life. And so I'd encourage you to be a part of summer camp if you can make it. All right, Ephesians chapter one. uh, We're starting a series tonight that uh, we've simply entitled Ephesians. Someone loud and proud just say Ephesians. Ephesians. And uh, we're doing something. I'm pretty excited about this because in the... Do the math real quick. 2008, uh, how, how many years is that? 14, 13, 14, 15? Um, in the 14 years uh, that I have been a youth pastor, I have never, ever, 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 ever uh, done a book study before. And uh, we're going to take the next six weeks and we're going to do a book study. And we're literally just going to study the book of Ephesians. Now, I will say um, it would take way longer than six weeks to do a comprehensive book study where we're like literally studying like word for word, line by line. So we ain't going to do that. But here's here's what I want to challenge you with. Uh, we, we are taking very intentionally the next six weeks uh, as we're closing the school year and we're going to be studying the book, book of Ephesians. I'm going to tell you why in just a minute. Uh, but we're going to be studying the book of Ephesians. And my challenge for you is that you would make it a point to every single week to read the entire book of Ephesians. It's six chapters. They're short chapters. You could do a chapter a day and even have a day that you like miss or don't read. And you could literally every week for the next six weeks, read the book of Ephesians, have read the book of Ephesians six times in a row. And every time going back through saying, God, I want to see something fresh. God, I want to see something new. You know, that's the amazing thing about the Bible is the Bible is not like a normal book. The Bible is not like a regular book where it's like, oh, yeah, bro, I already read that book before. I don't need to read it again. No, the Bible is a living document, the living, breathing words of God. And so every single time we, we could read the same chapter every single day and see something fresh. 
catch something new, receive something from God that we've never seen, never heard before. And so I would challenge you as we're studying the book of Ephesians, kind of comprehensively, that you would take on the challenge and you'd start studying the book of Ephesians line by line, day by day, and um, believe that God is gonna speak to you through the book of Ephesians. So let, let me give you a little bit of background real quick and I'll tell you why we're, we're reading Ephesians or studying Ephesians. Uh, the author of Ephesians, anybody know who wrote Ephesians? Any, anybody? Take a wild guess. Yeah, I, not, not you, Isaiah. Ezra. The Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul, other than Jesus, someone say Jesus. Other than Jesus, he is the primary voice in the New Testament. Um, other than, than Jesus, Paul, he writes and has given us the majority of our theology or how we believe, what we believe about God. And so the Apostle Paul writes the book of Ephesians, and the book of Ephesians, <coughs> it's classified as one of the prison epistles. That means that there were um, a number of books that Paul actually wrote in prison. That's why they call it the prison epistles, no, no duh. But Paul, he actually wrote the book of Ephesians while he was in a Roman prison, which by the way, I just think that's kind of like a rad fact. Does anybody say rad anymore? I guess I do. Uh, that's, thank you very much. Uh, that's kind of like, like, like a rad fact because here's what it tells me. It doesn't matter what season you're in. It doesn't matter what your circumstance currently looks like. Paul was in prison awaiting death, and yet still he was being used by God to do something. Some of the greatest theology or teaching we have about God, Paul wrote as he was awaiting death in a prison cell, saying, I don't care if I'm locked up, I'm gonna keep on writing and keep on ministering and keep on being used by God. I just think it's cool to go, yo, wherever you are, Whatever your circumstance looks like, God can still use you. Someone said amen. And so let me give you a little bit of background. Paul wrote, wrote the book of Ephesians, and, and in the book of Ephesians, really, he wrote it to talk about this, how the church, that would be you and I, how the church is the actual body of Christ and the expression of God on the earth. Paul seemed to have this new revelation as he wrote Ephesians about how the church really was the body of Jesus. It really was the actual expression and manifestation of who Jesus is on the earth. Paul, Paul wrote the book of Ephesians, uh, secondly, to unite people into one group among who God can dwell. Did you know that division and racism is not a new thing? that there's like mad racism in the Bible. There's mad division in the Bible that actually the, 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 the divide was worse than it is today. It's worse than we even read about in our history books. And, and the apostle Paul writes to, to remind this church, hey, for those who are in Christ, we are one. It doesn't matter the color of your skin. It doesn't matter your culture. It doesn't matter if you are of Jewish descent, God's chosen people originally, or you're a Gentile, someone who is far and, and, and very low class. No, we are at all now equal and one in Christ. And Paul writes this, but he also writes to equip, empower, and mature believers. Now, let me ask you a question, and I'm hoping that someone in this room can, can answer this correctly. Um, what is our theme for this year? Okay, hold, not, not you, Isaiah, hold on. I heard someone say it kind of like, eh, meh, 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 uh, with a little bit of confidence. What's our theme for this year? Battle ready. Battle ready. Yeah. Our, our theme, our word for this year is that, that God's trying to get us battle ready because we are in a battle. So let me, let me read this to you because he, here's, here's one of the overarching themes, th themes of Ephesians. Paul, 
with this revelation of being, uh, of the church being the body of Christ and God's instrument writes to remind us how God wants to use the church to overthrow and confound all the evil powers and evil spirits on the earth. Paul, Paul writes Ephesians to go, hey, God actually wants to use the church as, as, as Jesus's body to actually disarm, confound, overthrow all the works of the enemy in our culture and in our world. And I gotta read you this. It's a quote from a commentary um, <clears throat> or just a book written about the book of Ephesians. And it says this, uh, Paul writes to remind us that before we we're called to war, someone say before. Okay, hold all eyes and ears up here real quick. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling good tonight. I will call someone out in, in a quick minute. Um, so, so eyes and ears, I don't want to embarrass anybody, but I kind of would love to as well. Um, so here, here, here's, here's what, what it says. That before we are called to war, we're called to walk. And before we're, we're called to walk, we have to know where we stand. The, the overarching theme of Ephesians is reminding us, like, we're actually called to war. And that's not like, you know, we're going to get drafted, a scary thing. That's like, no, God wants to use us to do something on this earth. However, before God can use us, we have to know how to walk, how to live, how to, how to be who God's called us to be. And before we can be who God's called us to be, we have to know where we stand. Someone say stand stand in relationship with God. And so Ephesians is written in two sections. This is previews of coming attractions. The, the, the two sections of this, chapters one through three, is our position in Christ. So chapters one through three, really Paul writes about who are we now in relationship with God because of Jesus. And chapters four through six, the second section is written about how do we actually walk and live? And so here's what we're going to do every single week. We're going to read a chapter of Ephesians. Um, Evan, very smart, very wise. He said, wow, I thought we'd start with chapter two this week as we're starting our new series. And I'm like, shut it, bro. Um, but I'm, I'm kidding. Uh, but we're going to read a chapter every single week. And then we're going to pick something in that chapter to kind of study and look at. And so I asked tonight uh, that Isaac Shaw would come up and that he would read us the first chapter of Ephesians. And so Isaac, why don't you come on up and uh, read for us the first chapter of Ephesians. And then as soon as Isaac's done reading, we're going to pray and then we'll be, we'll be done. You use my iPad or the phone, e either one. Thank you so much. Yep. This letter is from Paul, chosen by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus. I am writing to God's holy people in Ephesus who are faithful followers of Jesus Christ. May God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. All praise to God, the Father of our whole of Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we're united, uh, united with Christ. Before he even made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. So we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out onto us who belong to his dear son. He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. He has, uh, he has showered his kindness on us along with all wisdom and understanding. 
God has now revealed to us his mysterious will regarding Christ, which is to fulfill his own good plan. And this is the plan. At the right time, he will bring everything together under the authority of Christ, everything in heaven and on earth. Furthermore, because we are united with Christ, we have received an inheritance from God, for he, he chose us in advance, and he makes everything work out according to his plan. God's, pur- God's purpose was that we Jews, who were the first to trust in Christ, would bring praise and glory to God. And now you Gentiles have also heard the truth, the good news that God saves you. And when you believed in Christ, he identified you as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit, whom he promised long ago. The Spirit is God's guarantee that he will give us the inheritance he promised and that he has purchased us to be his own people. He did this so that we would praise and glorify him. Ever since I first heard of your strong faith in Lord Jesus and your love for God's people everywhere, I have not stopped thanking God for you. I pray for you constantly, asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you spiritual wisdom and insight so that you might grow in your knowledge of God. I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he he has called, his holy people who are rich and glorious, um, who are his rich and glorious inheritance. I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe in him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Now he is far above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else, not only in this world, but also in the world to come. God has put all things under the authority of Christ and has made him head over all things for the benefit of the church. And the church is his body. It is made full and complete by Christ, who fills all things everywhere with himself. And the church said, Amen. You know, what, what we did um, is, is something that we actually need to do a lot more of. I, I don't know if you know this about uh, the Bible, but the Bible wasn't written in the era of the printing press. Uh, the Bible wasn't written in the era of iPads and phones and, you know, and, and easy circulation. And so Paul would, uh, not just Paul, but people who wrote the Bible, they would write these letters and the church would gather and they would gather kind of like we're gathered here. And, and uh, they, they would sit or they would gather and they would read the letter and that's how they received God's word. You know, there's actually power in receiving God's word through hearing. And so Isaac, thank you so much for reading and for, uh, for uh, blessing us with that tonight. Um, go back with me, Ephesians chapter one, verse four through five to the two verses we're gonna look at very quickly tonight. And here's what it says. Paul says, even before he made the world, God loved us and he chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. Verse five, God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do and it gave him great pleasure. If you're taking notes, you can write this down. Title of the sermon that I wanna preach tonight is a sermon that I've titled this first week in our Ephesians study. It's who I 
am. Look at your neighbor and just give them some attitude and just say, it's who I am. It's who, who I am. Look, look at your other neighbor, the one you, you neglected was more attitude and be like, it's who I am. It's who I am, man. Uh, have you ever been in an argument or a fight with one of your parental units about like what you were wearing, a pair of shoes, a, an outfit, and you're like, mom, dad, it's who I am. Hot topic for life. It's who I am right now. Um, I, 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 I don't know if you've ever been uncomfortable before. Um, I don't think there's anything worse than being uncomfortable. I was thinking of you know, different uh, things that make us uncomfortable. Uh, I flew recently on an airplane and um, I had to wear a mask for two and a half hours. And uh, anybody besides for me, you're just not comfortable wearing a mask. Like we've been, like it's been global pandemic for how, how long? And still I put a mask on and I'm like, <laughs> I'm sitting on this airplane like I, you're gonna have to get, get the, the, the marshal or something. Like you're gonna have to kick me off because I can't breathe in this thing. Um, I get really uncomfortable um, when I'm sleeping at night and it's too hot. Now, just quick, quick show of hands. Uh, who, who are all my people tonight that when you sleep, it needs to be cold? You're like, okay, you're a cold sleeper. Okay, show of hands. How many of you, you like it warm? You need to be all snuggled up. Yeah, I, I can't do that. My wife, she is the ice queen. Like in the wintertime, we got fans and air conditionings and all this stuff. I like it cold and I want to sleep. It's too hot. I'm uncomfortable. Um, I'm uncomfortable. Have you ever been sunburned before? You ever gotten sunburned? Like it just, like it's, it hurts and then it gets like all tight and then it starts being itchy. It's uncomfortable. Um, okay, here, here's one that kind of made me laugh. Um, anybody, have you ever been uncomfortable uh, because of something you were wearing, like a pair of pants or a shirt just that wasn't very comfortable? Um, when, when skinny jeans started becoming popular, I hated my life. Like, I just, like some people, like your legs are made for skinny jeans. My legs were not made for skinny jeans. And I have tried to wear skinny jeans and I'm like, nope, I, this, this is, this will never happen ever again. Um, the, the reason I, I wanted, I was talking about being comfortable and I was thinking about being comfortable is, is because I think there's a lot of us that we live life very uncomfortable. I don't mean you're uncomfortable because it's too hot or too cold or you have skinny jeans on or you got to wear a mask. But, but I think there's a lot of us that we just live life, I don't know, a little uncomfortable in our own skin. Am I the only one that's ever dealt with insecurity? Am I the only one that's ever dealt with just not being confident? Am I the only one that's ever dealt with like being in, in an environment and I just, I'm just, I'm, I, I'm not comfortable to just be me, to be, to be myself. I was telling someone this morning, I, I used to struggle with insecurity so bad. I remember going on a trip and um, this trip that I was on, I was going to visit a friend and isn't it a bummer when you go to like hang out with a friend and then they have like a whole new group of like new friends and you're like, whoa, I thought like we were going to be hanging out. It's just now, and I'm, I was so uncomfortable I was like 17 and I still remember it. I remember this girl, she looked at me and she goes, what's wrong with you? You are so weird, man. Like, like, like this, like this guy literally, like you're not even talking. Like, and I, I was so uncomfortable, so not confident. I would like to propose to you tonight that part of the reason we live life so uncomfortable and, and uh, have a lack of confidence is because we're trying to live in the wrong identity. Can I tell you that as a believer, if you're here tonight and you've given your life to Jesus, that you will never, never, ever, 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 you'll never be comfortable and confident living in the world. That you'll never actually feel yourself and feel like you're kind of like in, in your sweet spot living like 
or in the rest of the world. Do you know why? Because here's what the Bible says, that when you got saved, you became a new creation. That when, when you gave your life to Jesus, that you literally became a new person from the inside out. And did you know that when you got saved, the Holy Spirit moved in? The Bible says the Spirit of God literally came upon you and, and sealed you on the inside, put, put the stamp of approval that you are now God's child, that you as a believer, you're a new creation and you now live filled with the Spirit of God. And thus it is impossible for us to be comfortable and confident unless we really know our identity and we're living in our identity in who God says we are. I love the first chapter of Ephesians. It took me a little bit to figure this out, but the first chapter of Ephesians, it really is about identity. Paul really starts this book by reminding this, this church, reminding God's people of who we are. Ephesians chapter one, verse four through five, I'm gonna read it one more time. And then I wanna give you just three things quickly tonight that, that Paul says should mark us as, as who we are. It's just, it's who I am. Ephesians 1, 4 through 5, read it one more time. Paul says, even before he made the world, Paul says, just know be, before the world was ever even a thing, I got in a conversation with my five-year-old last week on spring break. She goes, dad, where do people come from? I'm like, you're too young to have that talk. Um, where, where, I said, well, God created everything. She goes, where did houses come from? Like, well, God created trees and people to make. And like, we did this whole, whole talk and, and really I told her the creation story. And then she kept on asking random questions like, yeah, but like, where did my, like my sippy cup come from? And I'm like, just like, stop, go ask your mom. But the Bible says before God even made the world, that God, he loved us and he chose us in Christ. You know, this tells us that before God ever even breathed, spoke creation into existence, he already knew that Adam and Eve would sin. God knew before the world was even created that humanity, his own, would reject him and turn away from him. God already knew before creation even came into existence that our, that our, our world, humanity, that they, they would need a superhero. They would need a savior in Jesus. And Ephesians reminds us that before the foundation of the world, God already knew all of our mess. God already knew all of our dysfunction and all of our tendencies to want to walk away and stray. And even in that, he loved us and he chose us in Christ to be holy, to be without fault in his eyes. In verse five, it says this, that God decided in advance. Before God made a plan, God had a plan. And he decided in advance to adopt us into his family and bring us to himself. I, I love what it says at the ends. It says, this is what he wanted to do. And it gave him great pleasure. I'm gonna give you three thoughts. Number one, you can write this down. Three, three thoughts on identity tonight that should define who we are from this first chapter of Ephesians. Number one, write this down, that you are loved and chosen by God. Can I tell you that if, if you could just get that tonight, if you walked away with nothing else and you could just get that in your heart tonight, it's enough to literally change your whole life. The, 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 the revelation, the realization that you actually have been chosen by God. Have you ever played like sports in PE and, and have you ever been a part of like that whole awkward social situation where they pick two captains and then the captains pick the teams? 
like, you feel like you're the man when you're the first one picked. All right, we're, we're playing capture the flag. Let's get two captains. All right, who, who do you want, Johnny? I'll take Pearl Peak. I know she, she, she don't look like it. She's crazy fast. She's so strong. She, like, like, you're the first one. It's like, oh, yeah, like, that's right. I'm the first one. But have you ever been the last one? Like, it's so awkward because there's only two people left. And both captains are like, I don't want them. I don't want them. Well, like, but, like, not, like no fair. Don't, and, and when you're the last one, you know you're the leftovers. You know you're on the team, but you're on the team because you have to be on the team. Can I tell you there's so many people, they live like that in relationship to God, not realizing you are chosen. Be, before God even had a plan, be, be, before creation even came into existence, God knew you by name. God knew the number of hairs on your head. God, he, he knew every dumb thing you would ever do, and yet still he chose you. He said, I want you. The Bible says that before the world was framed, before the foundation of the world, that we were chosen by God in love. Very, very quickly, I'm just going to give you some scriptures. John 3.16 says this, that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only begotten son that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Romans 5a, it says this, that but God showed us, he proved to us his great love by sending Jesus to die for us while we were still sinners. Did, did you know that God did not wait for you to get your act together to literally give the most precious possession that he had? No, the Bible goes, God, he proved it. He demonstrated his love in that while you were still a sinner, while you were still lost, while, while you were still rejecting him, he gave his son and he chose you. Bible says this in uh, Romans chapter 8, 8, verse 38 through 39. It, it says, I'm convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love, neither death nor life, nor angels, or demons, or fears for today, nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. Verse 39, it says, no power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that has been proven or revealed in Jesus. Did you know you can't shake God's love? There's absolutely nothing you could ever do to shake or remove God's love for you. Like, ha have you ever had someone that wanted to be your friend way more than you wanted to be their friend? Like, I'm, I'm 30, 33, this still happens to me. I met someone recently, uh, it's like a, a team that I'm working on for, 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 for something I'm, I'm doing for, for work. And um, this guy starts like texting me and I, I'm, I'm, I'm laying in bed and I'm like, Jenny, I think this guy wants to be my best friend. And I don't even want to respond to this text right now. How do I break up with someone that thinks like, but can I tell you that, that that's, that's how God is though. It's like, I don't need God. So it's okay. My, my love is on you, son. I don't, I don't, I, I'm, I'm not following him. That's okay. You cannot separate yourself from the everlasting love that I've placed on you. You're chosen by God. You're loved by God. I love this scripture, Ephesians chapter three, verse 19. One of my favorite scriptures, it says this. May you experience the love of Jesus, though it is too great to understand fully. 
Then you'll be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Hold on. Did, did Paul just tell us that the way we get complete on the inside, the, the, the way that, we, that we, we become whole on the inside, the, the way that insecurity and, 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 and our, our anxiety and lack of confidence, the way it gets broken, the way we, we go from being, being broken to being made whole is understanding and knowing this love that's actually too great for us to even comprehend. You, you know what that tells me? That all of my questions and all of my doubts, they have, they have room with God because God knows no, this love, this love that I bestowed upon you, it's too, it's too vast for you to ever comprehend fully. All of my questions and all of my doubts, they are welcomed with God for his love. He knows it is too vast for you to ever comprehend. You just need to know tonight who you are, no matter where you are tonight in relationship with God, you're loved by God and God has chosen you. Number two, you can write this down, that you are holy and blameless before God. Now, I know already, if you're like me, you, you, you hear that and you go, no, I'm not. Bro, do you even know what I did on spring break? Do you even know what I did like on Monday? Like I am not holy and I am not b- blameless. But listen to Ephesians chapter one, verse, verse four again. It says, before God made the world, God loved us and he chose us in Christ. Someone say in Christ. In Christ. He chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault. Now, let me give you Two, two definitions. That word holy, someone say holy. Holy means to be like sacred. It, it's something that's special. It, it's something that's, that's like set apart. It's something, it, it's not like all the other things. This is special. It's, it's sacred. It's, it's holy. It, it's kind of like when, when you get a new pair of shoes. Like I'm, I'm not living in like this, this mode anymore, but I know a lot of people, they, they get their new, what are those Air Force Ones? Is this what these are called? I don't even know. Like they, they get their, their new J's, whatever you're calling them. But, but it's like, like I, I saw this girl at Carowinds and she's walking like, she's like, I'm like, oh Lord, we need to go, we need to go, we need to go pray for her. Like, hey dear, like, I'm so sorry. In the name of Jesus, heal this woman's legs. Like what is, and I was with someone and I'm like, why is she walking like that? And they're like, oh, she doesn't want to crease her shoes. She doesn't want to crease her shoes. Like she, what in her mind thinks that she looks cooler like this, like, like the walking dead, then crease your, like just crease your shoes, lady. I promise you, you will look so much better if you, but, but it's like that new pair of shoes. Like, no, I don't, I don't want to mess them up. Like they're, they're, they're white. They're perfect. There's no creases in them. They're, they're set apart. That, 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 that word blameless means, means something that is without fault something that is perfect. Again, it's that new pair of shoes, no creases, no stains. They're fresh. And, and, and what you need to realize is that this is how God's kingdom works. God gives you identity and then calls you to grow up into it. God does not call you to grow up into something and then give you identity. No, no, no th- th- this is God's kingdom. God gives you identity first. Someone say first. God gives you identity first and then calls you and helps you to grow into it. 
And, and the, the reason that I wanted you to, to, to say that word, I can't even like, I'm, I'm always looking for, oh, oh, Lord Jesus. This man, brought, this man brought fried chicken to church. Oh, Lord Jesus. I got so many things I want to say. Lord Jesus, help me, sanctify me, heal me. Um, okay, so it's like, I'm sorry, bro. Okay, so you, you, you see all this fried chicken? You see this? this that's two big thighs right there. That's some, 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 some fresh fried chicken. Okay. Now, you, you guys see the fried chicken, right? You, you see that? It smells fresh and fried. Okay. Pretend for a second that fried chicken is all of your imperfections. You, 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 just, just go with me. Go with me. Listen, the man brought a bucket of fried chicken, left it on the stage like I'm not going to find a way to use it in my sermon. I'm, I'm, I'm creative, man. Okay, but just go, go with me for a second. Let, let's just pretend this fried chicken is all of our imperfection. Do, do you, you, you know what a lot of us do? All we do is we just focus on that. Nah, man, I'm not. I'm, I'm not really good enough because I got this secret sin that nobody knows about. And like I, man, if I, if, if I ever even told anybody, I would be so ashamed and so embarrassed. I, I bet God doesn't even want my praise. Man, if, if anybody knew, if anybody knew that I was, I, I was doing this when I'm with these people over here, oh man, like, I, I, I remember having these thoughts because I grew up in church, but the school that I went to was about 40 minutes away from my church. And so I had friends over here that were my school friends, and then I had my church friends. And I remember ha having moments where I'm like, man, if, if my church friends ever really knew who I really was over there, nobody would even want to be my friend anymore. Man, if, man, if my youth pastor knew like what I was actually doing, there's no way he'd let me still be on the worship team right now. And so what we do is we focus on all of our, on our fried chicken. But, but I want you to read Ephesians chapter one, verse four again and listen to what it says. It says, even before the world, God loved us and he chose us, come on, say it with me, in Christ. Someone say, in Christ. In Christ. So, in Christ, not in, in me, but in Christ to be holy and without fault. Can, can I just show you something real quick? Let, let's imagine this fresh fried chicken bucket right here. This, this is Jesus. Now, I know this is like, it's, that's Jesus. It is. Just, just see it. In the spirit, see it. But the moment you, you gave your life to Jesus, you were covered by his finished work. Do you know what God does not see when he looks at you? He does not see your sin. Do you, you know what God does not see when he looks at you? He does not see your imperfection. He does not see your fault. He, he does not see all, he doesn't see all the blemishes and the sin and the, in, he does not see that what he sees is his perfect son. The, the Bible says that the reason that we can have relationship with God and the reason that we, we can be in proximity is because we are now in Christ. Someone say, in Christ. We've been covered. And here's what the Bible says, that God, he loved you so much and he chose you and desired relationship with you that he made a plan to cover all of your imperfection, to cover all of your sin, to cover all of your inadequacy so that, read it again, so, so that Ephesians 1 verse 4, so that, he, he, so that we would be holy and without fault. Look at this. 
in his eyes. God does not see your imperfection, your blemish, and your inadequacy. God sees the finished work of his son, Jesus, and he chose you because he loved you and he put you in Christ so that now in his eyes, you are a special, sacred, set apart treasure of his that is perfect. The Bible says this in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 14. It says, by one sacrifice, by one offering, He has forever made perfect those who are still in the process of being made holy. Oh, you and I, we're in process. Yes, we are. My my sin, my inadequacy, oh, it is great. Oh, we are in process. But the Bible says that's not how God's kingdom works. He gives you identity and then calls you to live in that identity. For by one sacrifice forever, he's perfected those who are still in process. I don't know who I'm talking to tonight, but I, I just I, I feel so moved by the Holy Spirit even right now to just to just say to you, God, he doesn't see your imperfection. He's not looking at the sin that has you so bound up and has you so insecure. He's not looking at the thing that has you wrapped up that you think has limited you and has caused separation from God. He sees you as holy and without fault. You are his special uncreased white Air Force Ones. He doesn't see fault, fault or blemish. Number three, you can write this down. Third, third thought that I want to give you is this, that you are a child of God. You're a child of God. Ephesians chapter one, verse five, one of the most powerful scriptures I've, I've read in recent days for me. It says, God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. It's what he wanted to do and it gave him great pleasure. You know, I was thinking about, um, have have you ever made a bad decision like something you you really regret? Um, Sometimes I feel like that bad decision in my life is my dog Murphy. but, but I, I was reading this verse and I was thinking about how when, when we decided like we're going to get a puppy, worst mistake of our life, but nonetheless, um, like we're, we're going we're gonna to get a puppy. We, we went online and we found this place we were going to get this puppy from. And I remember we, we found like the one. We found Murphy. I'm, I'm kidding. We actually love our dog and our dog's awesome. He just is exhausting sometimes. But we, we found him and we, we printed out a bunch of pictures because it was a present for my daughter for her birthday. And we printed out a bunch of pictures and we gave her the pictures. And, hey, this is like, this is Murphy. This is the dog that we're gonna go get. And we had to wait like a month. And we were all so excited. And Evelyn would look at the picture all the time. And then we drove there and it took us like two hours to get there. And we're all pumped and we're all excited. And then we, we get there and, and we, we roll up and there's like the pin with all the puppies in it. I'll never forget me and Evelyn walking over and Evelyn saw him. She's like, that's the one. That's the one right there. That's the, he had no idea we, we were on the way. He had no idea there was already someone who had chosen him and who'd made a decision. You're mine. And I'm, I want to bring you in, into my family. The Bible says, God decided in advance, before you were ever even aware of God, God decided in advance to adopt us and to bring us into his family. 
through Jesus' finished work. And I love this last part. It says, it's what he wanted to do. And it gave him great pleasure. Why do we think sometimes like God just puts up with us? Why do we feel like sometimes like God just like, yeah, sure, fine, you, you can be. Now, the Bible says that in advance, God chose you. He put his love on you and he decided, I want to bring you into my family. Here's what the Bible says. Ephesians chapter one, verse five, it says that it gave him great pleasure to do this. I, I, I don't know what your home is like, but I, I grew up in a household where because I lived there, it had its limits, but I have full access to the house. I don't mean like I could do anything, but like I, when I was 16, I didn't have to go, mom, do you think maybe I could please? Like, I don't know. Like, please get something under the pantry. I'm really hungry. It's like, no, just like, like, go ahead. Like even now I have a key to my parents' house. And the, the other day I had a, a, an appointment at like 7 a.m. and they canceled on me. Like, listen, I don't care if you cancel on me. Just cancel on me before I wake up early and drive there, okay? Um, but they, they, they canceled on me and I'm like, well, I don't, like, I got like two hours to kill before my next thing. And so I'm like, oh, I got a key. I was in Fort Mill. And so I drove to my parents' house and I just let myself in. Everyone was still sleeping. And I went over there, I made a cup of coffee and I went and sat on the couch and I was just enjoying my coffee. And my dad walked downstairs and he's like, hey, uh, uh, but, but it's like, I, I felt freedom to just go into, why? Because I'm family. My, my kids, they have too much boldness. They think my bedroom is their bedroom. They think my bed is their bed. And last, last night, my, my daughter came, five, you know, 3 a.m. Dad, dad, dad. Yeah, Brooklyn, I'm thirsty. And I wanted to say, then go drink out of the sink. I don't like, it's like, I'm thirsty. Can I, can I have some water? Yeah, you can have some water. Why? Because I'm her dad. It's, it's her house. This is our, can I tell you the fact that we are now sons and daughters of God, that we're the child of God, you have full access to your father and to all that is in his, his house. What, what do you need tonight? I need healing. I need comfort. I need freedom. I need, I just, I need, whatever you have need of, you have full access. Why? Because you are a child of God. I, I, I close with this. You might ask the question, so like how do I actually get confident in that, in that reality? Because how many of you know it's one thing to know something and it's another thing to really believe something? Come on, you know a lot of things. But not everything you know, you, you believe. There's a lot of us, we, like, okay, cool. Like, I, like, I, I get it, yeah, yeah. I'm loved by God, I'm chosen by Him. Yippee. Okay, yeah, 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 I, I get it. Like, great illustration. Ha, ha, funny, funny. Like, Isaiah, Isaiah brings the fried chicken and you, okay. I, I, I get it, man. I'm in Christ and I'm, like, okay, like, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a child, I'm a son, I'm a daughter. But, but I don't actually, like, believe that, though. Because, because let me tell you this. If you actually believe that, Eyes and ears right here. Just give me five more minutes. If you actually believed that, your life would be different. If you actually believed that, you'd walk with your head a little higher. If you actually believed that, the joy and the fullness of life would be oozing out of you because identity changes stuff. 
when, when you know, no, 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 bro, I, I, am, I am loved and chosen by God. God is with me. He is for me. When you know, man, God, he sees me as his own special treasure, blameless, spotless. Oh, no, man, I'm God's son. I have full access. Whatever I need, he's always available. It would change your life. So, Brandon, how do I go from just knowing it to actually believing it? I want to read you one more scripture. It's the last portion of Ephesians chapter 1 as we finish uh, studying chapter 1 tonight. Here's what Paul writes. Paul writes Ephesians chapter 1, verse 15 through 19. He says this, Ever since I first heard of your strong faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for God's people everywhere, verse 16, I have not stopped thanking God for you and I pray for you constantly. Paul, what what, what are you praying for us about? I'm asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you spiritual wisdom and insight so that you might grow in your knowledge of God. Verse 18, I pray that your heart would be flooded. Someone say flooded that your heart will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope he's given us to those who he called, his holy people who are rich and glorious in heritage, verse 19, that you would know. I pray that you would understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him, the same mighty power. Paul goes, so, so I'm, 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 I'm finishing chapter one. He's like, this is who you are. Man, you're loved by God. You're chosen by God. You've been given a spiritual inheritance. You're the child of God. And it's almost as if he pauses and goes, you know, ever since I heard about you, ever since I met you, I've been praying for you. I've been praying that God would open your eyes, that God would flood your heart with light and that God, someone say God, that God would convince you of these realities. Can can I tell you tonight, you have no hope convincing yourself. You have no hope being convinced by a preacher. You have no hope being convinced by intellect. It is only the Spirit of God that can open our eyes up on the inside and give us, I actually love the Greek words, the word apokalupto. What a dope word, apokalupto, that would give you baboom apocalypto like at like revelation of something and and Paul, Paul goes do you know how you get confident in this it has to be God so like how like how, how do I do that on every single seat tonight there is this thing and um, you you could put it in the trash if you want um, but I think that'd be a really stupid move on your part um, but it's this little thing that I created just for this first chapter. And it just, it's a daily declaration. And what I have provided for you is I think 20, 21 different scriptures. And all of these scriptures, they speak to these realities. The Bible says in Joshua chapter one, verse eight, it says that we're supposed to meditate or we're supposed to think daily on God's word. And we're supposed to let it come out of our mouth. You know, the only way that you're going to get really convinced of your identity is you got to spend time in God's word, reminding yourself. You 
you want to know what, what one of my daily practices is? I have a card. It's not, it's not this one, but it's like this one. And I have a card and, and I have different sections. And every day I, I, I go and I just say, God, I thank you today that I'm loved. And I, I think about all the verse. I thank you today, God, that I'm forgiven of all my sins. Thank you today, God, that I'm healed. Thank you that you're my provider. Thank you that you're my perfect. And I have a whole list of things that I know. I need confidence. I need to know my identity. And so I spend time thinking and meditating. My challenge for you is not only that you would read the book of Ephesians and you'd study with us, but my challenge for you is that you would take this daily declaration and maybe for the next six weeks as we are studying this book, that you would take, I don't know, 10 minutes and you would just to yourself declare, meditate, go, I'm, I'm loved and chosen. God, thank you today that I am loved by you. God, thank you today that you have chosen me. I am holy and blameless in your sight. God, thank you today that you don't see my sin. You don't see my imperfection, but you see me in your son as perfect and holy. God, I thank you today that I am your child. Thank you, God, that I'm not a stranger. I'm not an outcast. No, I am a son of God. And because of that, I thank you. I have full access to you and all that you've provided. You don't have to memorize them all, but, but why don't you read them? Why don't you read the scriptures? Why don't you take them? Why don't you start getting them in your heart and start getting convinced of who you are? Because God wants to use you. God has a plan for you. But it's like we read at the beginning, before I can go to war, I gotta learn to walk. And before I can even learn to walk, I gotta know where I stand. We hope you've been inspired by this word. To help awaken your faith on a regular basis, subscribe now so you can be alerted when we have a new message. Thank you so much for listening.